Hello and welcome along once again to the Irish Rally Podcast. We've had a monumental reaction to our special programme on Rory Galligan last week. And once again, we'd like to take the opportunity to thank the family and all our guests for contributing towards the programme. Uh, we did put up a donation link to the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association and that link is underneath the uh, programme post if you would like to make a donation to Irish Motor Neuron disease from our point of view we are at the latter stages of our offerings this season and this is the penultimate episode with a special program to air around the festive period but more on that one later on today's podcast we will take a look back at the killarney historics rally while also reflecting on this year's irish forestry championship with interviews with uh, patrick o'brien the 2022 forestry champion that interview done before today's Billy Coleman Award announcement. And while we're on the topic of that, we want to say well done to Eamon Kelly, who is this year's Billy Coleman Award winner. Seeing off competition there from uh, Patrick O'Brien and from Kyle McBride. All three of those have serious futures ahead. So well done to all three. Uh, just in terms of our lineup then, just continuing on with that, Tommy Coman, the Class 13 winning co-driver in the Forestry Championship. He's going to join us. Uh, he won, of course, alongside Hal Lewis. And we're going to give a full rundown on all the class winners in the Forestry Championship. Uh, we're going to begin the programme with a few clips courtesy of Mad for Tar Motorsport. Uh, that'll feature overall winner Johnny Greer and uh, also Craig Breen, who, of course, was driving Frank Mars all Sierra on a very poignant day for the Mar family. Straight after that, we're going to hear from Piero of the uh, Killarney Historic Rally, Ivan Hurley, who will give us all the class winners. We'll also chat to winning co-driver Niall Burns. He was alongside Johnny Greer, of course, and modified winner Kevin Eves. And once again, a big shout-out to SVS Productions and to TreeRock.ie, who have been with us by our side for all of 2022. Hope you enjoy the programme. Kevin, thanks very much for having me on the podcast this evening. A fantastic event the weekend. And I must start by saying just a huge credit to all the organizers and everybody behind the scenes from the front of the road to the back of the road to the arrowing and setup crews and the bail crews. Everything, everybody worked in harmony and it was uh, such a successful event in the end. Everybody came home safe and sound. No stage cancelled. I think every stage ran bang on time as well. So it's just a huge credit. Uh, to everybody in Clarny District Motor Club for running uh, such a, a successful historic rally this year and very much already looking forward uh, to the return of the rally next year as well. But as I say, here to go through the various class winners, plenty of classes between the historic section and the modified section, so we'll get through these fairly, fairly quickly for you. Class 1 went to Kevin Flanagan and Mark Riley in their Austin Mini Cooper S. Class 2 went the way of Patsy McDonough and Lee Kavanagh in the Ford Escort Mark II. In Class 3 then, Tommy McDonough and Sean Hickey in their Ford Escort from County Clare took Class 3. Class 4 honours, that went to Nolo Sullivan and Nicholas Burke, the only Kerry class winner, which goes to show the quality of rallying coming down now to Kerry and taking part in our events. So well done to Nolo Sullivan and Nicholas Burke on taking Class 4 honours. Class 5 then went the way of Kevin O'Connor and Mike Breen in their Talbot Sunbeam, the All-Limerick crew, well done to them. Class 6, that went the way of Jason Black and Carl Egan, that in the Toyota Starlet rear-wheel drive. 
Class 7 then to uh, one of the reserve cars, actually, car 160 to Daniel McKenna and Andrew Grennan. So well done to them for holding on to their entry and getting in fairly late into the rally and winning their class. So well done uh, to them. Class K then, that went to Donna Kelly and Rory Kennedy. In Class D2, the winner was David O'Brien and Niall O'Brien from County Kilkenny. Fantastic livery on their Mark II Escort as well into the weekend. Class D3 then, that went the way of Alan Watkins and Owen McCarthy, the UK Cork combination. That was also a winner in Class D5, which saw the 2023 Irish Tarmac Historic winner Neil Williams and Anthony O'Sullivan take home top honours in D3 and valuable points early on in the championship. Class C2 then, that went the way of Ed Conlon and John uh, Fogarty rather in the Hillman Avenger. In Class C4 then, that went to car number 40, Trevor Wilson and Paul Mulholland in the Porsche 911. Class C5, that went the way of Padder Walsh and Grace Walsh from County Cork, car number 26, well done to them. And Class B2 went the way of Joe White and Des Sherlock in the Mars Cooper S. Moving on then to Class B3, that went to number 73, Tom Slattery and Helen Slattery from County Limerick, while B4 went to Peter Neville and David Manlin in the Volvo 142 from County Galway. Class G1 then went to Tom Clark and Alistair White, the UK car combination coming strong in this one as well. Overall winner then, the modified Kevin Eves and Chris Melly, of course, in the Toyota Corolla Twin Cam. In category 4B, that's historic from 1986 to 1990, that went to Liam Regan and Glyn Thomas. Category 3 from car, from classic uh, 1975 to 1981 to Colin McCourt and Liam Moynihan. Category 2 then, that's post-historic to Stanley Orr and Michael Gibson. The category 1 historic up to 1967 went to Colin McDowell and Brian Pierce in their Austin Mini. The overall winners then of the historic rally, of course, taking... The Morris Nagel Cup home was Jonathan Greer and Niall Byrne, so congrats to them. Very sporting all weekend and deserved winners of this year's Morris Nagel Cup. The Nolo Sullivan Cup went to Alan Ring and Adrian DC. Both the Cronin and O'Mahony Cups are going to Padder Walsh and Grace Walsh. The Paddy Kiernan Cup, that went to our modified winners Kevin Eves and Chris Melly. The Reardon Cup to Dennis Hickey and Ono O'Leary. The Andy Wilson to Colin McCourt and Lee Moynihan. Kinmare Cup to Brian Hickey and Mark Horgan. The Jimmy Devan for the best all-carry crew. That went the way of Fergus O'Mara and Mikey Galvin. So well done to them. The first carry men home and fifth overall for them as well. Mervyn Johnson Cup went to Colin McDowell and Brian Pierce. Parked out perpetual to Harry Hunt and Steve McPhee. The John Moynihan to Kevin Eves and Chris Melly. The Sapphire Science Cup to Stanley Orr and Michael Gibson. And last but not least, the Kerry Vintage Inn Perpetual Cup to Colin McDowell and Brian Pierce. So that's it for the Rentkill Initial Clanny Historic Rally uh, for 2022. Again, massive thanks to everybody who got the rally up and running. And again, a huge credit deserved to the organising committee uh, for running it, of course. Uh, we've been over without our main sponsor, of course, Michael Mahoney, uh, Mr. Motorsport and Kerry, as he's known. Huge thanks to him for uh, being so generous in sponsorship for the event. And of course, multiple stage and service park sponsors as well, and everybody in the programme. Too many to mention on here. But huge thanks for all the financial support. Again, the rally is what it is uh, because of fantastic financial backing here in Kerry. And we look forward to welcoming everyone back uh, for the Rally of the Lakes, of course, on the Maybank holiday and this time next year as well for the Rentical Initial Clarny Historic Rally. But thank you very much for having me on. Now on the Irish Rally Podcast, I'm joined by Niall Burns, the man who swept Britain out in terms of silverware last year. He's back with us here again on the Irish Rally Podcast. And he did a bit of harm in Clarny over the weekend alongside Johnny Greer. Now, 
Niall, you don't have to confirm or deny, but is Johnny absent due to um, an alcoholic beverage or two, perhaps? An alcoholic beverage and speechless since he's seen the pub. We put on the card for him as well, so that's probably a lot to do with it too. But uh, yeah, he's just he's not he's under the weather a bit at the moment, so so he's been thrown under the bus now to do all this. So unfortunately, now you're stuck with me for this one. <laughs> uh, PR, PR extraordinaire, Niall. You were 100 last year. That's that's not a problem. We wish we wish uh, we wish Johnny the best as well. Um, look. Going into it Saturday, Niall, all the talk was about Mr. Green and, and his Sierra, but uh, it was a Sierra that you were sitting in that, uh, you know, turned a lot of heads uh, tr- throughout the day. And um, it's not often you see two crews tie twice. After stage two, I think it was uh, it was Dead Heat Central. After stage six, it was Dead Heat Central. It was an amazing tussle. You must have really enjoyed it, did you? Yeah, like in fairness, though, we were going down there, really kind of no expectation. Like, obviously, Johnny's been there. It's his fourth attempt at the ride in this year, and I think he was fifth in 2018 and the two DNFs in 19 and 21, if I'm correct. And um, they just put a lot of work into the car and they just thought, right, look, we're going to give it our all this year. And before, like the DGM lads, I have to give them all credit because the car ran faultlessly all day. You know, it was really good. And I was, I was so surprised by the car. And um, no, we just said, look, we'll take it from stage one, see how we go. And I think it was 0.7 between us after one. And then it was dead even after two, and then it was just nip and tuck then for the rest of the day, and it was fantastic, fantastic ride. And like to be competing that close to like WRC lads there, like Craig and Paul, you know, it was terrific, like an odd, brilliant day. Mm-hmm. And it's something I was actually going to remark upon. I know Johnny got hardship with with the car, like early enough into last year, he retired from memory. I'm nearly certain anyway. And to, to actually see him have. All right, go cut at it there now. Like, obviously, it showed it showed what he was what he was capable to, of doing in it, and, and how good the car actually is. Yeah, no, definitely. Like he felt so comfortable in the car. We done a bit like Johnny actually just didn't want me to land down and sit in the car. So we went up and we done a brief test there about two weeks ago, and it was my first time sitting it. And Johnny just felt so comfortable, and we were testing the stretch of road, and like I was so surprised how well the car handled over bumps and everything else, and. Like, you know, as I say, again, it's a testament to the amount of work they put in and they've really put a lot of effort in because this has been a kind of passion project from Davey as well. They really wanted to get this car up to scratch and get it winning. And, you know, obviously the proof was in the pudding there at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the day itself then and like bartering times, you've kind of touched upon it briefly. But, I mean, I, I get the feeling you're not and weren't and still aren't overly surprised that uh, at the performance we're putting in, despite the calibre of opposition you know what i mean it, it, it came to be expected there's an air of confidence about about you you know what i mean what what you were kind of what you were kind of um i suppose what your intentions were throughout the day and, and how confident you were like you know what i mean it didn't seem any great surprise to, to you guys well it might have been to others is what i'm trying to say you know i think johnny is often underrated as a driver like people forget how long johnny's riding and the results he's had in his career and stuff like that like if you get johnny Greer in like a car that's set up uh, and get him a good set of notes johnny will be quick and, you know, everything just fell together that day. Like, you know, obviously, I suppose, like, we were fortunate enough that we'd done Malls Gap and Ballock Bay in the same direction in May. And I think we were we podium in the International the Lakes in May as well. So we had them notes to our back. And we'd done versions of uh, the Kilgobna stage, part of Shanra, even in May there. And Johnny stood at that direction a couple of years ago, too. So that all fell into our back. We just put a lot of prep in and we were going down confident and we'd done a good recce. And, you know, the two of us just said, look, this is feeling good. If this car holds up now, we should have a good go at it. And, you know, thankfully we did. And, Again, you know, when you're racing against the likes of Craig and Paul, like you have to be at your best. And, you know, we did, we did put on a good show. And, you know, I, I think we surprised a lot of people, but ourselves, you know, we knew we could give it a good, good cut. And thankfully we did. In terms of the, the sportsmanship, right? 
you you won't see better. And you know the saying, I suppose some people believe in karma, and some people just say what goes around kind of comes around. And um, you know what I mean. You, you kept you kept Craig in in the event. Like it was an incredible act of sportsmanship. You know what I mean. And um, I suppose when you look at it, then you, you go on and win. Like it is it is just rewards for. It. But will you talk me through the process of what that conversation was like? How you found out he was in butter? and the process of actually giving the part over and, and, and keeping them in the rally? Well, just for the record, it wasn't a dry shot we got, because like, a lot of people say it's one of your dodgy dry shots of the rally, so it wasn't a dry shot. It was a dead failure in the day. Now, to be honest with you, I didn't really know much at the time. I know Craig came up to um, uh, Johnny and asked him just before we went into service, you know, do you have a part? And Johnny says, yeah, of course. But like, I think a lot of people forget like Johnny and Craig are rallying together for a lot of years too and they're, they're quite friendly as well. And of course, Craig would have hired a car off the EGM before the year in the, the circuit of Ireland. So like, they know each other quite well. But again, it doesn't really matter. Like, If you have parts and you can help your competitor out, and especially boys you're racing against, you want the battles to continue on the stage. You know, you want to be beating lads on stage as well. Like, you let the stage same talks themselves. You don't want to see someone go for a mechanical issue if you can help them. So... Anytime I've been at rallies or any teams involved in them, that's always been the way, you know, it's nothing special. Like, this is just something we do, and it's one of the things we love about the sport, is that camaraderie, you know? Mm-hmm. Can I just ask about your relationship with, with Johnny? Because from memory, I think you were kind of thrown into the deep end alongside him. Not that you would ever be thrown into the deep end. You're an experienced co-driver. Your record speaks for itself. <laughs> but that call came late enough in the day for the lakes, and um, you built up quite a good yeah. partnership since, obviously. Yeah, I was actually, uh, Di Roberts um, was due to go to the event, and obviously me and Di have been quite good friends over the years, and Di just contacted me, said, look, are you free? And this year I kind of took a step back at work and stuff like that, and it just so happened to Austria, I wasn't doing much rallying, and me and Johnny went out, and obviously I know Johnny for quite a few years, we would have been doing uh, B or C events like from 2010 in different teams, and you know, traveling over in boats, you talk back and forth and stuff, and uh, so at least we knew each other, but um, you know, it was quite um, what last minute you say, and but Johnny's just very easy guy to get on with them. When you're sitting in with the driver Johnny's caliber, like you never really have to worry too much. Like as long as you can call the notes and get them out, you don't have to worry anything on Johnny's side. And again, like DGM are such a professional team, everything sorted, the car is there and it's, it's just a pleasure to work with them. And I think that was our fourth rally this year now and everything seems to be working okay. Like we don't think the uh, rally the lakes, the Ulster, the Maiden City stages and now the Killarney there obviously. So yeah, so far so good. Everything's working well between the two of us. Mm-hmm. And look, I know you're saying you're you're mad work wise and stuff. Um, twenty twenty two for you in comparison to twenty twenty one. Like sometimes I I find if you're doing something you love nearly too much, occasionally you can start to get a little bit annoyed with it, right? How did you view this year in comparison to to last year? If it was a case that you were kind of pulling dragged a little bit more and you couldn't do maybe as much as as you might have liked it, or was that the case? Ah, uh, you know. I suppose I'm always kind of blindsided about rallying too. Like, I'm like a call up, it's just rally, rally, rally. And I think I done like 17 weekends in a row back in 21. And, you know, like, obviously, you know, the home life takes a bit of a hit, work takes a hit. And I've always been that way, I suppose, since I started off rallying. Like, I think the most I've done was in 2000, maybe 16 or 17, I've done 32 rallies in one year. You know, I get really caught stuck into it. And I suppose mm. the years are kind of going against me too, more priorities come in. So I just I had to say, right, you know, I just need to take a step back. I still ended up doing 12 events, but like it was a lot less for me. But uh, no, I think um, going forward next year now, you know, work's kind of leveled out a wee bit too. And obviously I got married there in July, so I had to keep it like a holiday free for that, but I'll have extra for next year. So hopefully now she's not listening right enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. 
just in case. But uh, no, um, we'll hopefully get back into another program again next year, and hopefully push for another championship again somewhere along the line. You know. Yeah. Congratulations, by the way. Fair play. Uh, went through uh, went through a similar ordeal last year, and <laughs> we're still here. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm a, you know the pain of the air. So <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. I hate to get a lot in fairness when 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 you look at it objectively. You know, people say this, that, and the other. And in fairness, uh, I I can't speak for your missus, but mine took on a lot of of that responsibility. I was only supposed to go one thing, and that was the band. And uh, everything else didn't really bother me all lot. But uh, it's mad. You go through a period of of being very very busy, and then it kind of tapers off a bit. And in a couple of days beforehand, are just fucking mental. <laughs> yeah. Cosby's, it definitely was Aaron that anyway, but I was just delighted to get away. And like, even there, getting across to New York and meeting up with Leon Jordan and stuff like that, he couldn't make the wedding and even getting to chill out with them too. I suppose it was that was great as well. Like, and no, no, it was a fantastic day. And we're just still paying off for now, you know. You're oh, I know the crack, I know the crack. You've good taste in honeymoon. We took New York in as well as, as, as part of ours, so uh, great, great wines think alike and all that. Um, oh, yes, yeah, look, that's the that's the joys of it. Uh, a sweet enough way, are, are you. That's you finished up, obviously. I'd say, is it or what's happening for the year? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's me. That's me for the year there now. Um, uh, there's no other events they plan now. It's just yeah. trying to get something sorted now for next year. Like, we're talking to a couple of lads about seeing what's going on, but it's always this time of year. The boys start saying, oh, I might do this, I might do that. And you're just kind of seeing, right, well, what can we take on? Um, but I definitely want to be back in the championship seat there for next year and try and get back up to winning a few more events. That was my first Irish win. They heard the week ahead, which was just, you know, surreal. Like, it felt so good to finally have an Irish win. And, you know, when you, you get one, you're kind of like, you know, yeah. mind a few more. Can't let more, can't let keep Moriarty and Andy Hayes be winning all these rallies all the time. You know, we have to start trying to take a few of them. Yeah, yeah. You did the other way around. You start winning overseas and first, and then, and then come back and try and <laughs> win a few. Other, other lads do it. I suppose you'd call it the more conventional way. The other way around, but uh, just before we finish up tonight as well, just a shout out because yourself and Rory Kennedy, Asher's probably going back maybe a month ago now, but he had a, a bit of a co-driving seminar, I think, over in uh, in Sligo yeah. somewhere, didn't he? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was actually um, I done one for Connacht Motor Club a couple of years ago, and just the fact that the club had no um, events on this year, and all credit to them, they, they want to keep the things going to keep people interested in the club, and I had to give Simon Love a lot of credit too. You know, he kind of put the thing together, and he asked me and Rory to do it. And um, you know it was great. Like you know, we had I think maybe fifty people there that night. And I think as me and Rory said, like it's always great to pass on like stuff we've learned over the years and kind of help the next couple of lads coming up. You know, and even current co-drivers giving bits and pieces of advice that we've had because I think as co-drivers, like you never stop learning. Like even there now, like following Paul there the weekend, I picked up a lot of tips as well. You know, yeah. just even seeing the way he does things and stuff. And if you can't learn from the professional, like Paul, like you know, you may as well give up and. You never stop, but hopefully now um, we're talking about maybe doing one in Donegal now again, maybe January time, and um, just to put a few details together for that. But no, we'll do a couple more as well. And again, it's something me and Rory both enjoy doing, and it's I think you know it's a good thing to pass on to other people too. You know. Yeah, one important thing you did hit on there, uh, Niall. I want to take you up on it is the fact that even though you're you're a vast experience yourself at this stage, you're still open to learning and are always always looking to push on. Yeah. And Rory be of the same mindset, even though he's a good few years on ahead of like a, like me and you. He's always looking out for things and always learning. That's his mentality. And in my opinion, that's what, what has made him so good over the years. And it's the signs of, you know, not just in rallying, but a top sports person in general, when they're open to, you know, new ideas, open to, to learn. And yes, you'll have your own way of doing things. But, you know, we're all creatures of, uh, of habit and we all look around. I think crows is the best way of putting it. I think someone put it that way before. They'll see something, they'll go pluck it and take it and, and make it their own like. And um, that's probably yeah. the way it has to be, I suppose, isn't it? 
Oh, definitely does because like like I'm quite fortunate too. I'd be quite friendly with a lot of experienced core drivers. Like I'd be good. I'd be friendly enough with Paul. You know, I've asked pick, pick Paul's brains over the years. Obviously, Rory's living beside me here now. Chat away to Rory, and I grew up like Paul Kiley was on hand. A lot of other lads, and they've always picking their brains. And like even like Paddy Robinson, Dean O'Sullivan, like we're all quite friendly. We all run things past each other, and you always have to keep going because when you get mundane in the sport, like you know, that's when you start to slow down. The day you think you know everything, like you may as well just sit at home. You have to keep on top of your stuff. And as I always say, look. Cars are getting quicker, you know, events are getting longer and stuff. So you have to be fit and you have to be on top of your game as regards to be sitting in them seats, especially in the way the R5 scene has gone. So definitely also to keep improving and learn as best you can because that's what's going to be the difference between you and the next guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, Niall, well done again to yourself and Johnny on the weekend. And uh, look, have, have a nice Christmas. Happy New Year. And we look forward to chatting to you again there next year. All right. So, yeah, just, uh, thanks for having me on. Cheers, lad. Thank you. Charlie podcast. I'm joined by Kevin Eves, a regular visitor to the Irish Rally podcast. This time, in very good faith. Kev, a great weekend. You took the modified Belong Killarney, hotly contested. You must have been beaming, man. I yeah, no, I have said it a couple of times. I suppose that it uh, would be the the biggest uh, achievement we had so far now. So I and I just really class to do it. Hey, the boys that was down there and just the weekend as a whole. Hey, it was it was savage. Hey. Kev, this thing has taken off year on year. The popularity of it, like the, the machinery that's going down to it, the amount of people that's going down to it. I mean, we saw camper vans pulling up since Thursday afternoon, man. Like, this is crazy stuff. Yeah, like, hey, like, like it was. Hey, even through Ballock Beam, even whatever, even about the gap, even getting access, like, there was people down through the middle of the Ballock Beam. Like, it was, I don't know what, hey, but I don't know how you even hike into it. Like, it's just... Uh, it is mad, hey, and I suppose uh, just the people camped out and people like even chatting ones in the town and young ones up Malls Gap from four and five o'clock in the morning and stuck there all day. You know, it's uh, it's definitely some event, hey, and it, it seems to be growing legs. Like even even the the type of machinery and the actual historic part of the thing, like it's standing clear. The stuff like you know in the last five six years, some of the machinery coming out of it, it's, it's savage. Hey. Yeah, and look, I suppose just touching on that, when you see the machinery that is eligible now for historics, I mean, when I was growing up, I have to admit, and I would have said this before, I wasn't a big historics fan, but you're probably in the same mindset as me. When you see a legacy and stuff, you just think, well, two things. Number one, it's, it's class to see them again. Number two, fuck me, we're getting old. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd be the same. See all them old Subarus and stuff from the legacies, they'd be... Uh... Their, their class, like, and it's, it is cool, it's class to see them, even the next this year and stuff there, all that stuff coming in that, that's, uh, I suppose, how uh, you get now, you start seeing the stuff you were watching when you were younger and uh, takes a bit of interest to the thing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and look, I suppose ambience is a big thing when, when it comes to rallying and closing your eyes, you can tell what car it is, you know, if you're familiar with, with the sounds as such, and I suppose if you look at the first couple of cars on the road in, in the main field, they all have their own peculiar sounds, and then this peculiar sight, I suppose, of um, of the flames coming out of, of Brains Jog. Like, you know, it is uh, it is really, really cool. And I suppose if you're looking at it objectively, it's probably the only event you're, you're seeing that on a regular basis. I know you'll see a few legacies now in the historics, but all of it together under one umbrella, it, yeah. you know, it's the place to be really, isn't it? I would say it's, it's really the only, like, 
do you say through historic event? You know, I suppose the rest of the championship, like in Ireland, is it? I think it is, isn't it? The rest of them all runs under the international. You know, the yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So it's all like yeah, yeah. It kind of stands on its own, and I'd say it gets them a couple of guys overseas and stuff, and some of that. Uh, I was even chatting, chatting away, chatting about. Uh, I think they were trying to get a quattro or something. Some uh, some of the guys in Scotland or something. The quattro was chatting about trying to get over next year and stuff. So yeah, just uh, cool now. Yeah, and so look, we're seeing all kinds of machinery popping up. Like, we, we're after seeing ladders in this country this year. And, uh, you know, it's just mad what what, what we're seeing and, and the abundance of it and the variety of it. And it's grown from strength to strength. And I suppose we have a lot of talented people that are able to, I suppose, restore and upkeep these cars now. And maybe, look, they were probably always there, but it just seems really prevalent at the moment that we're seeing this type of machinery and this type of machinery looking immaculate as well, like. Uh, and I think, hey, I think it is something special to Irish motorsport. And I suppose it's something maybe in the grand scheme of things that's going on. Uh, I feel like I hope it stays that way. You know, like that Ireland seems to have always kind of held up that old school stuff, and even the modified categories like us. You know, you see some of that stuff going on. So you, you'd like to think Ireland keeps modified rallying a big part of Irish rallying, and I suppose uh, even that historic stuff and seeing all that there stuff, even some of the different cars in our categories, like it is. It's classic, so mm-hmm. it stays that way. Yeah, and look, I know we're after talking a good bit about the the, the main category, but uh, you know, I suppose we're nearly blown the face this stage talking about the, the modifieds and how and how good it is, and it's not a bad thing to be talking about and being blown the face about either. But when you look at what did arrive down there at the weekend and the level of competition, and, and you know, you've you would you would uh, a few good twist a uh, twist up 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 the gap down through down through the years and in recent years, but. Looking, looking at the whole thing, it must be really, really pleasing when you see who you're up against and who you're up against regularly to actually have this as a, a such a big thing for you. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I know. Like, hey, you get the like, so like even even getting that cup, like, like even even seeing like I think because of Desi when I got the McCarthy Cup, even up in like I think Desi's on it three or four times, you know, back in the noughties and stuff like that. There, and you had Dan and Connor Murphy and. Hey, even even the likes of like hey John O'Duggan put in a couple of savage savage times over the weekend like to kind of get it and get such a good day at it and have no bother and kind of race from the word go it, it was class now yeah so I think from your point of view you won five of the seven stages I think was it stage three onwards I'm up the correction on that now but um... I think so anyway yeah, yeah definitely Connor was fastest on the first one and I think Desi took a second out of me and Balakbina the yeah. First run round, so I think I think after that now, John, Jono, I think now there's something telling me Jono could have been me and Jono could have matched yeah the exact same time on maybe the last one or something like that there, but I would have good enough cut then like that's what I mean. But it was I suppose we finished with an okay lead, but it was still throughout the day. You know, it was four seconds here and three seconds there. You know, it was no big. Uh, it was it was kind of a kept on us the whole way through. You know that kind of went. Yeah, by no means, by no means a cakewalk. And I suppose another name that we should probably give a shout out to and the improvements he's made is, is Eddie Doherty. And he was quite impressive. I saw him down in the, the sprint below Fahim, but I think he had a third quickest on the on the first stage. You know, he's, he's really coming to his own, isn't he? Yeah, like, like Eddie, that's what I was even saying, actually, on, on, on Kevin Glanning's thing. Um, mm. Like, Eddie, Eddie was in between me and Dan, and then Eddie had a couple of savage times during the day, even in Wexford, I think Eddie, Eddie had a lot of good times, so... It's cool to see the likes of, you know, Yvette and then Connor Murphy and, mm. you know, there's, like, even there's John O there now, probably sit, seems to be settling in a wee bit better 
you know, there's there's probably four or five. Like I'd say next year, if, and like even Richard Moffat, kind of, you know, he's like he's been about for a long time, and like the pace he's starting to go at, like, and that's the hard, it's hard work, like. So, um, there's probably five more two wheel drive men that's kind of really pulling to the top now this year, you know, that kind of way. So next year should be a good crack. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of uh, Bima in particular, right? And um, the first thing that comes to mind is the, the tight and twisty sections and the weight of your car. And I know it's not just Bima that had those type of sections, but it's just one of those things that does come to mind and does kind of stand out. Like, is that something you're cognizant going into it? Like, did you find it any more difficult maybe than the, the other two? I but Balakbeam is always a wild funny one. Like, I think it's, it's nearly it's a class stage, but mm. it's always a stage where you, it's I don't know what way to describe Balakbeam. It's it's kind of a it's a very hard stage if you get out of rhythm or you need a wild good. I, I I'd say I would always find uh, some of that twistier stuff. I struggle. I don't know if it's the nature of my style or what to be at. Uh, I seem to I don't know if I get out of shape a wee bit rasher on that uh, tight and technical stuff or something, but. It is, hey, it's a, it's a really tricky stage, but it's it's kind of all about nearly flow because it's a lot of point and squirt between little tight corners and you're trying to stay neat and tidy and kind of keep moving fast, you know, So, but it is a brilliant stage. Right? Mm-hmm. So from your point of view anyway, you're heading into the festive period quite quite happy and that's a, that's a nice way to round things off, is it? It is, hey, I don't think uh, you could end the year's rallying any better now than a win in Clarny now. <laughs> Mm. So it's class now. Hey, it's a it is, hey, that's so saying it is. It's just, I suppose it's our biggest achievement and and rallying today. We're about we're out of ten years, so that's uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, will you be doing every bit to keep yourself taking over over the next few weeks, Kev? Oh, what do you do? Do you bit of rallying? No, 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 no. You don't have to disclose this if you don't want to. <laughs> my big racy, uh, you're catching me now for our chat now. My big racy uh, charity boxing now. Oh, so uh, ah, no, hey, we're doing that now over uh, over Christmas, so we have a bit of crack now. So, and my brother's getting married the week after it, so uh, I need to get uh, out of it clean, I think, somewhere. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Well, look, that'll, that'll test your match fitness anyway. Look, just a, a quick one, Kev, before we finish up, looking ahead to, to next year, what are you kind of envisaging for the season ahead? Um, you know, is it can, can you see things even? I suppose more progressive in terms of the level of competition. Can things can things get quicker again? Because I mean, at times this year the pace was frightening. Like, so what what are you kind of looking at next year? What do you kind of predict going into it? Oh, hey, I'd say the pace will creep creeping and creeping away. Like I'd say, uh, it's like anything, even ourselves from the summer. You know, I suppose you're always developing wee bits in the car and seeing things and trying to make yourself that wee bit better. And I suppose even that, I suppose more so maybe in the international events. You know the likes of say us going to Killarney or Mall's Gap, even them international events, even West Cork. You know they're familiar stages. I suppose the pace just keeps creeping away, but I suppose the more men that's there, the quicker it's going to get hey, to to kind of get to the top. So I think so, and I. Yeah, a word for Kevin Gallagher actually as well. I believe he is the man to go to now, by when it comes to this engine crack. Um, maybe we give him a show before we go. Oh, I hey, well, sure, Kevin Corey, literally, hey, it was actually Clarny last year, I put in me, me KGP and um, Corey, the brother there, actually, uh, he's actually after going two litre in one of uh, Kevin's engines there, so no, hey, there's uh, definitely no better man for the job. <laughs> Good stuff, well, listen, I'm going to give a sponsorship off him for this job now, all right, enough, hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen, Kev, thanks a million. You've been on a few times with us this year. We appreciate that. And um, best luck with the old fundraiser. Best luck with the wedding. And enjoy uh, enjoy the festive period. And we'll chat to you next year. All right? Cheers, Kev. Turning our attention to all things forestry and looking back on the season with uh, Billy Coleman Award nominee, Patrick O'Brien. Now, at the time of recording, I think we're, we're close to a verdict on this Billy Coleman Award. Um, Patrick, firstly, well done. Congratulations. You're the 2022 forestry champion also in the run for this award and when this podcast goes out we'll we'll know a little bit more says you but um yeah how how are we feeling how are we feeling at the moment as we record yeah uh, i don't don't feel any different than any other day to be honest so we'll go we'll go tomorrow and and see what happens but hopefully it'll it'll all work out and maybe third time lucky yeah you can't do a whole lot of change now i suppose at this stage that's probably the mindset like yeah exactly it's it's done now so uh, we'll see what happens yeah, um, nerve wracking process going through the procedure, Paddy, or how would, nah, you, how would you feel? Not really. Hey, it's it's just another day, really. Like, there's, there's no point getting nervous about it. But it's not going to yeah. change anything. So, no, no, it was pretty fine. The whole the whole thing now in general, I'm talking about, like, yeah, yeah, doesn't doesn't. Yeah, matter. even the interviews, like, it was pretty relaxed. Like, the the judges were, I couldn't say a bad word about them. They were very very polite and nice. So, no, it was, it was very very easy easy process. Good stuff. Good to know you're taking it all in your stride. I'm sure if we go back through uh, all the other maybe nominees or award winners, they, they might have a, <laughs> a slightly different take on that, but um, yeah. it's just, just the nature of who you are, like, yeah? Yeah, no, no point panicking about it. Yeah. Now, look, as, uh, as someone once said, you're like the good detective. You're never off duty, right? So you're currently sitting in a simulator, as we do <laughs> this uh-huh. podcast. You're, you're spending a good bit of time in that, I'd imagine. Yeah, so, so just out to shower, still onto the simulator. It's a uh, I find it good for even I can change the notes on, on some of these uh, games and stuff. So it keeps you sharp. Like when you, you know, it's too expensive to be in a car every single day. So mm. this is the next best thing. Talk to me about the season in general. Look, you set out your goal at the start of the year, Forest Championship on the agenda, take that box. Uh, but now that you have a little bit of time to, to look back on it, um, what's the what's the standouts? Maybe just give us a bit of a recap on, on everything for us. Yeah, exactly. We set out. Uh, we made it pretty clear we wanted to win the championship. I thought we had enough pace to do that, and uh, it worked out. But uh, probably the standard is coming against Keith Cronin and, and Craig Bringlick. You know, two two heroes to me. Uh, Craig, you know, obviously with the WRC, and then watching Keith what he done in, in the Evo was was awesome. And then to get to race them guys, it was, it was fantastic. And not alone racing, but pretty close to him and, and mm-hmm. even getting a stage or two on, on Keith was pretty cool like so that, that's been the standout for me yeah um, look we know by your demeanour you take it all in your stride and you strike me as the type of lad that was just chomping at the bit for, for that opportunity and just to see what you could do whereas other lads might not have that mindset either they could be a little bit nervous about the whole thing but when you're going in it from your point of view even though you know you have you have a, a bit of a name behind you now at this stage those guys are, are blockbuster stuff altogether. So you don't really have a whole lot to lose in those situations. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure that was uh, the mindset in, in both those instances, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Like people were saying, you know, do you have any pressure going to that? But for me, there's uh, nothing really to prove. Like it's it's more, I thought there'd be more pressure with, with Greg and, and Keith, you know, they're quite big names. So if, if some idiot in a, in a Skoda is close to them, that'd be maybe more, more so for them but no uh, it was you don't get that opportunity too often to have a race against them guys so take it while you can mm-hmm. 
Earlier on in this uh, podcast, we had a segment with uh, with Niall Burns, who obviously won the historics alongside Johnny Greer down in Killarney last weekend. And he was saying, you know, we touched on the topic of of being open and, and learning and looking at guys and constantly looking for, I suppose, tips and pointers. Was there anything in those two events that you saw maybe in Keith or in Craig or anything to do with what they were doing that you were able to take and maybe, you know, learn, learn from and, and carry with you going forward? Um, I just think how relaxed the both guys were. Like it was pretty pretty calm between the both of them. Like there was no you know, getting hyped up even if there was something went wrong. The, the both guys just took it in their stride. So I try try my hardest to be be like that and how professional the both guys were. Like you know the details that they go to is unbelievable. So with the academy, the MA Rally Academy, that that's helped quite a lot this year as well. You know they've. They have that foundation already in place, so yeah, probably that. Yeah, and that's really going from strength to strength, Patrick. Like you, you've seen that firsthand. The, you know, the amount of stuff that is laid on now and readily available. It's it's great to to have that, I suppose, isn't it? Exactly. It's just it's one phone call away. Like you know, in my probably in my younger days, I had the speed, but didn't didn't get a, a package all together. So mm. when you have someone, you can you can call, and if it's nutrition or even planning before the event or just to even have a chat with, with Sean. You know, it's so so good to have that. Outwardly, Patrick, right, if you're looking at this objectively, I'm thinking you probably don't need to call upon Alan Heary too much. Is that right or wrong to say? Uh, <laughs> probably true enough. Like, I, I'd, I've never really bothered too much about pressure or anything like that. I, if anything, I can enjoy that. It's... It's where I get the buzz out of out of the whole thing, but uh, probably true enough. I don't probably ring Alan as much as I should, but maybe maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And when we had him on the podcast, I mean, I thought I thought he was fascinating. I'm really inter- interested in that stuff. And yeah, maybe maybe you're not quite in the in the same mold, right? But uh, just in terms of how he looks at a situation, so people always say it's not the event; it's what you take from it, right? And he just really seems to be able to, to bring that home. I asked him the question in relation to Angela Cullen with Lewis Hamilton, who appeared to do absolutely everything. And on uh, our, uh, our sister podcast, uh, the Irish F1 show, you would have, I mean, you had a pop at, at Angela discreetly every now and then for, you know, having to carry mm-hmm. literally everything. And, yeah. um, and Lewis, they're walking alongside her, right? But when we put that to Alan, he was like, well, my job, uh, everything else, your job, rally. And that's how he looks at it. And I yeah. never ever thought of it from that point of view at all like yeah uh, to be fair I'm, I'm probably guilty of that too like uh, even like my brother Stephen who sits me in the car that kind of does everything for me to be honest he does all the entries and, and all that stuff all I have to do is drive so even with, with the guys that run the car as well it's just you know jumping and drive so I get it pretty easy so I'm probably uh, something like that too to be honest yeah he enjoyed his year as well yeah what's that sorry Stephen enjoyed the year Ah, yeah. Uh, mm. Stephen's a total professional. Like, um, probably a little bit more worried about things than, than I am. But mm. you know, uh, I can't. I cannot say a bad word about Stephen. He puts so much effort into behind the scenes, and you know, data from one rally to another. The previous years, the times that we've sat on the stage, fastest times it's been on the stage. Like, I can, I can ask them what what the time was from the previous year. Once we get the end of a stage, and he knows straight away. So the effort he put in is is unbelievable. So he's a performance coach in, in yourself. <laughs> uh, exactly. <yeah. laughs> well, look, I know we, we crossed paths a few times throughout the, throughout the year and you had 
you know, uh, an appearance or two on the podcast. But I'll go back to when yourself and Jordan run. I thought that was a really good segment we done that live that night. You know, yeah. you, you mentioned subtly about little change, and he's like, "Oh, what are you changing, Patrick?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right, good hustles, isn't he? In fairness. Yeah, 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 good. Jordan's a good guy. I've raced from since I was eleven years of age in the in the little courses, so we know each other. Or we know each other pretty well, like so. No, he, he's a good guy, and uh, I didn't have to change too much, to be fair. <laughs> and your uh, your escapade overseas, I know you were you were hampered in the end, but uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, well, to be honest, we were hampered from from the word go from stage one. We we picked up a differential problem, but. The, we had the parts to change it, but from the Friday night, you had to change the car from tarmac to gravel, and you only had 20 minutes to do so. So we done that instead of changing the gearbox, because it had to be done, you had to change the car to gravel. We thought we would limp through and, and get to service, but unfortunately that didn't happen. But the times were, were pretty good, in, in fairness, with, with the baller that we had. Mm-hmm. And just looking ahead then to, to next year, what's um what's on your agenda? What's uh, in the pipeline? Yeah, uh, for now we're still setting some plans, but I think the the first one is we're going to try to go to Galway, uh, some tarmac next year as well. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, possibly some European events as well. I'm I'm really trying to push that. So hopefully that'll that'll work out. But listen, congratulations on a great year. The very best luck. As I said, when the podcast goes out, we'll we'll know we'll know what the crack is. But uh. You know, you've been very good to us this year. You've come on with us a few times and uh, we appreciate that. So, a happy Christmas to you. A happy new year. Uh, yeah. Well done again. Thanks for coming on with us, Paddy. All right? Same to yourself. Yeah, thank you. Staying with all things forestry, our good friend, Mr. Tommy Coman, is joining us for the first time in a forestry environment. But, Tommy, Class 13 winning co-driver. We did try to get Hal Lewis on the line, albeit a little bit impromptu, as was this little interview I, I might have. But congratulations in between all... The madness of uh, the historic Santara this year. You had quite a fruitful year on the loose stuff as well. Yes, we did. We did. Thanks, Tim. We had a great year myself and Hal. Um, baptism of fire, I suppose we got together Christmas last year. What else do you do Christmas week when you're twilling the drums around the house? You go off the cart and you do a rally sprint to the forest. Something I hadn't been in in years. I hadn't been in, and I'd never actually been in rear wheel drive before in the forest. So I said, you know, it was always something I wanted to do and the opportunity arose I'm thinking, Hal Lewis, that name is familiar to me. And I had to go back a long ways back to discover where I, where I recognised it from. I used to sit up in the ditch and rallies around the country and this fellow was screaming around the place in a 6R4. So I knew he could steer. I knew he could drive. So I um, went down and we did a we did a recce. Actually, it's quite funny. Do a recce with Hal is above his house in Partee, you know, and you land on and the DVD is ready. And you spend about three hours talking about rallying. And um, you say, I mean, I'm the man that does the historic rallying, but that man is telling the stories from back in the day. You know, he's an elder statesman at rallying, but sit down and watch the DVD. And it's a very interesting recce to do with it because you're rallying with a man that rallied pre pace notes. And uh, like, he's a genius, for actually. You know, it's a genius when he comes to doing recce in terms of his reading of the road when you're sitting in a sitting room and you're watching it. And it's from his experience, I think, this year uh, has been his 50th year in rallying. You know, I'm not giving away his age now, but fellas are always saying to me around the paddock when they'd see him walk, Jesus, he's around a long time. What age is he? I said, I won't tell you what age he is, but I'll just tell you this much. When I go 3 two, one on the line, he thinks he's 25, and he drives the car like he's 25. But we ended up in Bagara. We did the sprint in Bagara together. It was successful enough for him to say to me, would you come on for the year? Um, and what a year. What a great year, you know, because I had never done committed to a championship in the forestry before. 
Uh, went to Killarney the first round and unfortunately mechanical trouble put us out early in the day. But I knew it was going to be a good year. I knew it was going to be quick. Uh, it was going to be on the door handles. Like I said, the guy doesn't know how to drive the escort straight. Um, great car, great prepared car by Don Hill and the lads in Cork. And the boys were doing that with the came with us for the year. We had such a laugh. And we travelled the length and breadth of the country. You know, I have to go back and check the, the results this evening. Like, I mean, we did every round that ran. And I suppose a unique situation was I, I'd never rallied in Northern Ireland before until this year. And I was fortunate to do the Ulster, the Tarmouth Championship. And then I went to what I can only describe as the Formula One of Forest Rallying. We went to the Bushwhacker. And my God, did we have a great weekend up there as well. But yeah, it culminated in, you know, with a couple of class wins, a couple of great battles with other lads that Hal has rallied with over the years and heard a lot of good stories and banter and crack and culminated us winning class 13, which was great. And we had to go to the Bushwhacker because of another mechanical issue that we had on in Cork. Um, and he just said to me, coming in the road section after after retiring, we were on the tour up, he said, I think we'll have to go to the North. And I said, do you know what, Hal? I said, let's do it. And it, it turned out to be a great year, you know. Um, and to win class 13 was just the icing on the king. Great stuff. So I make it uh, six decades that he's been competing in rallying, which is, which is unreal. And again, I don't want to give away his age either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more, more so than you. Uh, yeah. We always have the crack at sign on, you know, and I tell the story and it's it's a little bit of a fib because it's not historically correct, but he was contesting the national, trying to contest and win the national championship the year I was born. It's actually two years prior to to me being born. But he tells the story. It's a pity he couldn't come on tonight now to tell it himself, but he finished up second overall navigator because one of his in-laws got married the weekend of a rally and he wasn't left go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there was a switch. So his driver won, he finished second, and the other crew, I think, was navigator won or whatever. But back in the day, like he, he's very proud of telling the story that he was a co-driver. He shared the car with a mm. co you know, another man that would have been in the historics the weekend in the Avenger. And literally they did it, you know, and he tells some beautiful stories about rallying around Ireland, particularly like the likes of the, the fuel shortage, you know, and the Circle of the Munster coming to the likes of Kerry and stuff and making agreements with, with garages about putting fuel into tanks. And it really is, you know, it, I probably should be writing it down, you know, mm. because it, it'll form a book with... Yeah, I know that Limerick, I think they're celebrating their 75th year coming up in in, um, in 2023. And I, I firmly believe that they should just have a night with Hal Lewis and let him tell his stories. <laughs> well, we're definitely up for uh, a feature podcast there anyway. Um, there was a great photo, Tommy. Was it himself and Danny Brady? Youngest and oldest? Yes, yeah. Well, who anyway? Youngest and oldest. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? He was insistent on it himself. He said, yeah. like... He does realise, like, you know, that he's, he's not going to be rallying forever. And he just, he's intrigued by this whole J1000 setup. And, mm. you know, he said himself, if those are, he probably was rallying when he was that age too. He was just probably mm. not telling people a different, different era. But he, he said to me on the day, he said, it would be lovely to meet the youngest competitor here. So fortunate enough, I think it was Kira Griffin was involved in the organising of the event. And I just text, funny enough, they don't, I stand correct on this, but I don't believe they actually take the age of the competitor. They have to confirm that they're conforming with the age. But because of GDPR or whatever, they couldn't actually tell us his date of birth or how exactly, how, however old he was. But I said, look, we'll track him down. And I think Daniel McKenna was sitting with him the same weekend and said, listen, they're looking at me as if I have two heads. Said, is there any chance the young fella come up and take a photograph of the old fella? And when you explained the difference, you know, and I think... 
Uh, I'll give away his age now, but he'll be the age gap. Substantial amount of years. Yeah, yeah, a massive, yeah, a good number of years now, let's be honest about it. But it, it was a lovely picture to get. And I actually think that it'll be more beneficial to the young lad in years to come to think that, like, I put it this way, if I get to Hal's age and I'm still rallying, Yes, you're after you'll have to have some life if that's the case, because the man has yeah. some mileage put up. And he yeah. still smiles from ear to ear every yeah. time we go to do a rally. And he gets excited. Like I know Christmas is coming, like, but like <laughs> I think he bypasses Christmas. He's already been on to me. Bagra was announced a week or two ago and he straight yeah. away on the phone. Listen, are we going? Let's get ready for twenty twenty three. So yeah. So, that's, yeah. What's, what's, and I think if you look if you look at the door of his rally car, it has a sticker on it and it says it's, there's two arrows, there's one pointing up to the driver and there's one pointing down and it says old dog, is it old dog and new road or something, it, I can't even, that's it, yeah, the old, old dog, yeah, yeah, that's him, that's him, but uh, yeah, no, he thoroughly enjoys it and I tell you, I feed off of him because it's just a great weekend away of Newell Racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a word on the J1000s, because obviously it, it got very tight, there was some exceptional performances, Jack Brennan, uh, Mossy Costlaw too stand out just to absolutely there, like, but I think Jack got the benefit of the doubt they were in around the same on points I think and um, I think Jack got the, the benefit of the doubt there in the end but they've both stepped up to higher class machinery Jack's been overseas Mossy was out last weekend I think down in down that's in right yeah he's out, he's, actually I met, met him in the, the queue going into scrutiny and I said uh, is that your dad's old car he said, no, 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 that's my dad's car. I said, no, no, I said, that must be. I said, your name is on the door. And I was like, that's, that's a great old car. <laughs> but yeah, the young fellas have definitely, I mean, to think back, if I had those opportunities starting out, um, it's fantastic. You know, and even to see then, obviously, senior navigator sitting in with these dads, giving them, you know, and you see the caliber of some of the drivers that are, are on the international and the national series sitting in with these lads and giving them the, the best advice in the world. And they're not slow. I mean, we, we watched a couple of times there during the year, um, and I suppose I pay, pay close attention to, to Massey's times because mm. he's local to me here at home and stuff. But um, no, there's a good future ahead of them, lads, and it's good to see a category like that to give them an opportunity and a chance to, to get going. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, no, saying that, I, I won't be telling my young fellas about it. I won't <laughs> <laughs> well, look, there, there's something we're going to delve into in a while. I think... Um, Ballon and Hinch Mortal were heavily involved in a, in a micro challenge, you know, for for next year as well. And just the, the whole thing of affordable motorsport, it's never been as important as now when you see the rising cost of, of everything and trying Absolutely. to keep people involved. We know the work that the academy are doing and all, Tom, but, uh, you know, you want to make it as feasible and to encourage it as much as possible. And I think they're doing a pretty good job, maybe. Just maybe yeah, like everything, you know, you'll probably be looking at things that could be done slightly different. But I think in fairness, um, they are doing their very best on all fronts to try and promote that. Like, Absolutely. And I tell you, I suppose, go, go back in the day a number of years ago, in the, the local motor club here, Terry Motor Club, would have ran a, an auto solar championship, which effectively was auto testing without the reverse. And that was what was putting a lot of lads, you know, the skill that's attached to it. And obviously the auto testing at the time, some of the cars that, that were, were exceptional built cars, you know, but there was a financial side to it as well. But I, I remember the auto solar championship running here in Tralee and, Literally, you had lads pulling cars out of ditches. But it was back to the basic form of motorsport. It hasn't run in a couple of years, but the one thing, the one benefit out of it, aside from the driving aspect of it was, when you introduce categories like that, you introduce a new age, a new generation to the sport as well. And where I think the biggest loss in that was 
we were trying to breed timekeepers, marshals, and if these young lads are getting involved in the sport and it's appealing to their generation, their age, their group, they might bring on a few friends that might mm. be they might have the finances to maybe go racing or, or whatever. But if they're there for a day's racing and they suddenly see, geez, I could give a helping hand here, you know, and they are the future of the sport, you know. And anything that you can do to flourish or anything you can do to build or sustain or build for the future, so you have to you have to go for it, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, just on your own point of view, Tom, the trick question has to come in here now. You've done a lot on tar this year. you did a lot on loose. Have we a preference? Oh, um, no. No, I enjoy, I enjoy both. And... You know, to a certain degree, there's a lot of crossover of competitors, but there's actually a lot of people that, you know, stick to both disciplines. And there's a, there's a great bunch of people involved on both sides. The one thing I would say about the forestry um, that I've experienced from, from years ago when I did a couple of rounds and now to do in the championship is there's a real friendly camaraderie. And it's not knocking the tar side of it, but they're lads that look after each other. You know, they'll give you a dig out, they'll give you a push. And it's just... I suppose it's a, it's a it's a smaller community anyway. Obviously, you know, reflected in but the entries have been you can see the entries are, are getting bigger as well, and it's getting popular in the forestry. But um, you can't be being sideways and uh, you're pushing out two hundred plus horsepower, you know, in the forestry. But um, I have to say, I suppose I have to I have to mind my lads in the historics too. Totally enjoyed it again. And I mean, you look at Killarney the weekend, the, mm. the caliber, the cars uh, in Killarney were just phenomenal. So uh, I'm not going to pick between the two. I enjoy both. <laughs> Well, look, you got through your fair share this year. I think minimum at least 12, I think, on record anyway. Uh, um, yeah, I think 12 or 14, yeah. So a good year. Um, finished up, obviously, with class 13 in the forestry and with Philip in the escort and the historics, we won out category two. I, again, I, I've said to people, we did back-to-back. We won in 2019 and we won in, in 22. Um, we'll forget about the two years of COVID in between. <laughs> so, yeah, we had a good year in category two as well. So, yeah. So I saw the limited breath of the country, so I won't complain. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Some lads, I, I, I know I hear from Karen, never go with Sadie Carlos, so you're not going too bad, boss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of them. Uh, come here, next year then. So you, you, you've said things are in the pipeline. Just, I'll leave you on this note now. What What is the, the clear intentions? How how we go? Is it purely enjoyment? And if we win something, we win something? Or, or how is, how is that shape that's, that, that's always the goal, is the enjoyment first and foremost. Um, I suppose plans for next year have started already, but they haven't started out great, defending defending an old category title the time with Chapman hasn't gone great after the weekend couple of stages uh, wasn't it uh, two and a half stages yeah yeah, yeah. just shocked at the third one but look this, that's that's rallying you know the car was straight it was a mechanical issue and we the boys will get the engine out and we'll figure out what went wrong but uh, yeah no look, we'll, we'll do, we're going to do select rounds at the time I think there's one or two we might be able to get to in, in 23 but um, I'll make up the numbers hopefully with uh, plenty of rounds in the forestry and we might do one or two with the national as well uh, I sat with a guy recently testing in uh, Tina, one of the rally sprints, um, in an iconic replica car. Didn't go to plan that day. Um, the plan was to do Banna, didn't work out. But you might see us. You might see us taken to the roads of Kerry, maybe in April as well. So yeah, no, I'm looking forward to. It. Look, I enjoy my rallying, um, and if I didn't, I suppose you wouldn't be doing it at the end of the day. Mm, that's the most important thing. Well, listen, Tommy, you've been very good host this year on the podcast, and uh, we thank you for that. A very happy Christmas, a prosperous new year, and thanks again for everything. All right. Kevin, thanks for everything. A fair play to you with the podcast. Like I said to you, it's really opened up doors and avenues for us and it's a, it's a good platform for competitors to, to, to find out what's going on and to, to air different things through the year. So I know you've, you've been exceptional to the sport as well and to wish you a happy Christmas and looking forward to 2023.
Thanks a million, Tom. Appreciate it. And to wrap things up, we're going to give a full rundown on all the class winners in this year's Irish Forestry Championship, starting with class two. Uh, Ryan Caldwell taking that. Some call him Caldwell, some call him Caldwell. This year you can call him the class two champion in the National Forestry Championship. Uh, class four going to PJ O'Connor. Class five to Patrick O'Brien. Class seven, Ray Breen. Class nine, Seamus McHugh. Class 10, Mike Garrahy. Class 11, F going to Mike Feeney. Class 11, R going to James Dunphy. The Class 12 honours went to Brian Little. Class 13, Hal Lewis. Class 14, John Gordon. Class 15, Mark Murphy. Class 16, Dylan Eaves. Class 20, Derek Mackerel. And the J1000s, of course, going to Jack Brennan in a very closely fought battle with Mossy Costello. On the co-drivers side of things then, Class 2 honours going to Darren Curran. Class 4 to Denny Graney. Class 5, Stephen O'Brien. Class 7, Andy Hayes. Class 9, Brian Martin. Class 10, Irla McCarty. Class 11F going to Jur Clancy. Class 11R going to Stephen Mackey. Class 12 going to Dave McSorley. Class 13, the aforementioned Tommy Coman. Class 14, Paul McPhillips. Class 15, Anthony O'Sullivan. Class 16, Shane Byrne. Class 20, Eamon Creedon. And J1000 then going to John McGrath. So that is the light of the land in the 2022 Irish Forestry Championship. Well done indeed once more. So that's where we leave it on our penultimate episode of the season here on the Irish Rally Podcast. As we said, we will have another episode featuring in around the festive period and more details to be revealed on that very very soon indeed thanks once again to our sponsors tree rock and SES productions who both have been with us throughout the 2022 season if you are an apple or a spotify listener please do give us the five stars if you're knocking around there give us a follow on them as well a uh, little review always helps and if you do tune in on youtube if you hit that subscribe button and like the video that's very much appreciated as well. So until next time, take care.